Project with Pop Culture Today. My name is Emily Jenkins, and I'm Esperanza Humphrey, and we are co-hosts of this wonderful podcast. We are currently master's students at Cody University with the American Studies Program at the Center for Ethnic Studies and Race. And if anyone was wondering, Emily and I did pass our Angela Davis course. We got an A. That was our first podcast, and now we are taking a Harlem and Moscow course. So in this podcast, we're going to dive deep into the intersection of Harlem and Moscow and the literature that is Thank you so much to New York Historical Society for letting us use the Tech Commons space here to record this podcast. And thank you so much to our professor this semester, Professor Jennifer Wilson. We really appreciate all your time and effort and your mentorship during our final project. Yeah, so our broad topic is media. We're going to divide it into three parts, blackface, women of color, and the token person of color. So stay tuned with us as we dive into these topics. talk about is blackface with Russian cartoon videos and before we jump into this we just want to give you a context on what's happening in um, Moscow and why it does intersect with the Harlem Renaissance or like Harlem in general and the black community and black radicalism so with blackface um, a lot of Soviet Union and Russian propaganda displayed a lot of blackface in order to show a sense of solidarity with the black community. So we're seeing a lot of these themes come up as a way to to show propaganda and to show that the black plight is felt in Russia or the Russians sympathize with um, black plight. So the cartoon, and we probably can play some um, and input some sound into this cartoon. It's called, and excuse my butchering, Katurok. K-A-T-E-R-O-K. And this cartoon is called Chunga Changa. So if you're familiar with blackface caricatures, this has a lot to do with like the Piccaninny stereotype. So that's like blackface children. And the children are often kind of like sexualized in these images because they have no no shirt on. And um, yeah, they have the red lips and the very dark faces. Um, yeah, do you, are you familiar with this? Yeah, I've seen it before. I think this type of um, blackface is what a lot of places, especially during um, like Cold War era with like China and Russia, and when they try to um, vocalize that they don't have racism like in their um, country and stuff, that they kind of all default to this caricature. And interestingly enough, these caricature become the main representation of people of color in those regions. Yeah, but even more interesting is the fact that this is a cartoon. So this is aimed at children. Um, this particular one that we're watching right now, and they're like dancing. Again, they have no shirts on. Um, the translations are here, but it's, it's very animal-like. It's very exoticized. Um, and this is for children. So this propaganda for children. You have two black main characters. Again, this is the Piccaninny stereotype. And this has a lot to do with that idea that 
the Soviet Union wanted to align itself with the plight of blackness, but in turn, it was perpetuating these very offensive images. Um, but Emily, do you think that they, like, how aware do you think they are of this? I think they're aware of racism and how it is, like, portrayed in the U.S. Again, through governments and geopolitical agenda is very much shaped as racism equaling capitalism in the U.S. But what happens when you have like character shows like this and cartoons especially for the youth is that what they represent becomes very one-dimensional and it becomes the essence like a cartoon something that's animated and how they may perceive people of color, um, per se, people who are darker skin tone, is that they are an animated, one-dimensioned like subject. Mm-hmm. And this could be seen in various literatures and other like cultural um, mediums. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a very good point because you have to be familiar with these characters to some extent because they, they hit the nail on the head with this. These aren't, like, it's not like this is completely far-fetched from in America what during that time period was considered the blackface caricature, the Jim Crow antebellum era, like, um, Jim Crow and then before that antebellum period, like, stereotypes. So they're not just pulling this out of nowhere. I think this is a very conscious display of blackness um, to children. The question of um, whether it was malicious or not and all that, that's definitely something that we can also consider. And to what extent did they, um, were they just as wrong as the U.S. in the way they handled race relations? But that's also, again, that's something that we can talk about in further at another time or here. Um, but I think this, this is something that speaks volumes to... Um, this idea of propaganda and how widespread it really became and to whom it's impacting because I'm thinking that American audiences would receive this very differently than Russian audiences do you feel the same way oh yeah definitely I think when you watch a cartoon like this depending on like where you grow up and stuff it's very much like oh this is how they're portraying people that I have interacted with, or, oh, this is portraying people I've never interacted with. So those types of takeaways are going to be very different. And I think it's just so interesting that it's targeted towards children because children, I mean, it's regardless of, like, where you grow up, like, racism and, like, how to stereotype people, like, all that stuff is taught and this propaganda is like very much teaching them that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another thing I just want to add is that they're dancing alongside animals. So there's a very clear primitive connection between the two. They're not in suits dancing. I mean, not saying that that would be better, but there is a clear link between the primitive aspects of blackface and minstrelsy and um, the relation to this uh, primitive culture. So why does this even matter? Like, why are we talking about blackface in Moscow, especially considering this 1960s video? Um, I actually believe the exact year is like 68 video, 1968, so it was on air for quite some time. 
Um, it should be noted that in our class, we also saw other videos where blackface was perpetuated. But again, why does this matter, Emily? Like, why are we talking about this? And a big reason why we are talking about this is 2019 was the year of blackface controversy and we weren't even like three months into the year before we started hearing about blackface controversy and not to say that the years prior to 2019 didn't deal with blackface but <laughs> like we saw a lot of things so the first incident was gucci um during black history month had a eight i think it was 890 but i'm rounding it up to like 900 dollar knit balaclava did you see that no, can you describe it more? <laughs> yeah, it was a it was like a facial mask and and it like had red lips on it and it was all black. So it was black knit bala bala I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but this is what it was like right here. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and so Wow, it's pretty bad. Yeah, we just pulled up the picture. So that's what happened during Black History Month. Obviously, there was a lot of um, uproar around the, the knit balaclava, and a lot of celebrities and activists boycotted Gucci, even though Gucci did release a statement saying, oh, we apologize for releasing this. Um, we promote racial tolerance. Are we buying that, Emily? No, we are definitely <laughs> not buying that, literally or materially. Yes. No, yeah. <laughs> I don't have $900, but I'm not buying a balaclava. It is pretty much a exaggerated turtleneck, which you could pull up to your nose. And the space where your mouth would be has a cutout, and it's red lips. So, all the best qualities in your <laughs> racist attire. Um, so that's what happened. Me and uh, Emily and I are not buying it. Literally and figuratively. Then, again, 2019, earlier this year, not even two or three months into the new year, the Virginia governor, Ralph Northam, um, what the, well, a yearbook photo of him in blackface next to a member of the Ku Klux Klan, well, a person dressed up as a member of the Ku Klux Klan, um, it was released, this photo was released to the public. He was in blackface in this photo. Um, and when people asked if he was going to step down, he said he's definitely not going to step down at all. Um, but he said, I, w I completely condemn blackface and I um, am going to start having state workers obligated to take a racial bias class. Are we buying that? <laughs> like we're looking at this picture. First of all, I don't think it's the state workers that need to take the bi racial bias class. I think it's him who needs to take it. But... Um, he says that he completely condemns blackface, but he's not stepping down because he feels like he has a role in making sure racism is eliminated in Virginia. Hmm. Interesting. First of all, not buying it. <laughs> Second of all, it's very interesting how people uh, spin this narrative of, oh, I was younger in college and I didn't know better and I've learned my lesson. Um, another incidence of this was about two years ago, a sorority and fraternity in a college in Los Angeles threw a party that pretty much had blackface in it. Um, they tried to argue that it wasn't blackface, that they were um, gold miners, oh, um, and they had dirt on their face. But I believe the theme was um, gold 
diggers. So, so classy. dressed up as gold diggers. And um, I bring up this um, idea of like, oh, when you're younger, you make these mistakes and you learn from it. And this reminds me of the video we just watched, which is um, targeted for children. And I don't think you'll do learn from it because these adults are producing these cartoons. These college students are becoming our state and local um, officials. And it's, it's hard to make the argument that in college that you don't have this consciousness um, of what's offensive or not. I feel like if you were to ask college student, is stealing a good or bad thing? I f- pretty positive people could figure out like their moral um, ideas around that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that just like with the cartoon, and I'm so happy you related it back to that. The y- someone has to be accountable, and it's at in college. You are 18. You're good. You are good to take accountability for what you have done. I, I'm I'm very unsympathetic of the whole like it's a kid like they're kids in college and they're drinking and they're doing all this stuff and it's like this was a very like like as I said we were looking at the picture it's very very like constructed like you have this man in blackface in a suit um, the KKK member next to him like it is very it's not like you know it's just like a slap of paint and then they're like look turn to the camera and then they snapped it this was very calculated so. Um, there has to be some level of, of accountability, and that relates to the propaganda in the fe- in the in the sense that the, well into the '60s, um, Soviet propaganda was using this, and I think that's look in '84, so that's only 20 year difference of when we see that propaganda and when we see this yearbook photo. Um, another incident right in the heart of New York, we're uh, talking about a. a private school actually, um, Poly Prep School in Brooklyn. They had, this video came out two years ago, so it was recorded two years ago, but it resurfaced this year, Um, and two white students, white female students, were in blackface, and they were kind of emulating monkeys in the video, Um, and the video kind of blurts out their faces, but we all know that this is blackface, and um, you can see some of the black paint on their chest as well, and... um, yeah, this is a very and I and I see that the trend is like we're getting younger and younger with these stories. Like we're starting with Gucci and then now we have Poly Prep. Um, the school did issue some type of an acknowledgement of what was going on in this, but to and this is for you, Emily. Like to what extent do we hold these high school students accountable for something like this? I mean, I think in the era of like media, it's quite shocking that people don't think that this will come back to them when they're older i think in the case of the carbon murder definitely he did not think that the yearbook would surface um but for teenagers to do it today i feel like the accountability should be much more drastic and there's a difference between not knowing and fluently not caring and I think a lot of them fall under the latter and the not caring part it's it's not about being PC per se and I think a lot of people would um, get into the argument of like oh like why is everyone trying to control everything why can't I like have the freedom to express myself and stuff and it's 
it comes down to how are you able to respect yourself and respect the history of others and making that not just a Facebook post, not just, um, yeah, not just something in one period of time, but making it a part of your own like consciousness. And I, I, I do believe people can learn and change and are allowed to make those mistakes. But it's when you're faced with, oh, you've made a mistake, or oh, why is this incorrect? And you continue to do so. And I think that just comes down to like access of privilege, um, et cetera. Yeah, I, I agree to a certain extent. I think that they can make these mistakes. I definitely think mistakes are made. But I think the problem is that it's only a problem because they got caught. Like, that's my thing. It's like, you got caught, and that's where the apologies come, and that's where the, oh, we're going to do these trainings and stuff. And I already have my own feelings about how, like, blackface isn't taught properly, and, like, the history of minstrelsy is not taught at all. Um, I've had to teach my own lessons surrounding that, so... It's like this, and I and I usually don't use this term, but like this miseducation of of so it's how racism has been perpetuated in different ways. It's not just calling someone the n word. It's not just wearing the KKK hoodie. It's this whole culture around minstrelsy and blackface. Um, and then the final thing that I want to mention is that is that again something that resurfaced in twenty nineteen. Um, and it's unfortunate that all this stuff kind of came around Black History Month because we're just trying to be great and celebrate and then we have to deal with this. But Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon were, um, did have two, they each had a sketch where they were in blackface makeup. Um, they have, and from what I've read, only Nick Cannon was very vocal about this and he was the one to really condemn and like dig up these images not he didn't he wasn't in charge of digging up the images but he outwardly spoke about it that's the only one i'm familiar with um i'm sure that other celebrities did comment on it but i think it's it's worth mentioning to see how again like sometimes we receive the this jimmy kimmel and jimmy fallon as propaganda in a certain way it talks about a lot of like popular culture and like things so it does relate back to the video in that way but just seeing that they're the ones who talk about current events and then they are the ones that are now making current event news in a negative way. So, what does this mean for um, Harlem and Moscow? So, what is the influence of blackface on popular culture? How is it similar and different from the past? And why does it even matter? Do you have any thoughts on any of those questions, Emily? Yeah, I think um, why does it matter is... Um, a really good question to dive into and I think it links to what you said about miseducation and I think having space for people to do blackface without correcting them without any consequences really kind it really like bleeds out this um, indirect racism that really flourishes and what I mean by that is when you think about Russia, and I think like entering this class, we really thought about Russia as like a white nation state in a um, white society. And giving space for those who practice or 
engage in workers. It's really about it's really about erasing identity in people of color. And when you don't have those identities represented, it oppresses them throughout history. We have a lack of archives. We have a lack of understanding of their literature, their culture, their society. And I think that's a disservice to everyone. Um, and all of that really does stem from black race. I think it's all connected. It's not just about some fraternities and sororities having a laugh. It's not about um, profiting off of like black culture. It, it It's all those things put together. And on top of that, it's erasing the idea that there are people out there that look different than the majority. And also the idea that those people can participate in all forms of society. They could be part of royalty. They can be in performative spaces. They can be in the theater. You don't need to paint your face. Like There are many people who can take up those roles, and it's about having access to those roles. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point about access because it's important to understand who can who can make fun of um, blackness who's able who are who are the people that are able to dip in and out and pick and choose and this goes with like the appropriation thing but more so with blackface like the act even the simple act of darkening the face is something that is very specific to to whiteness and being able to mock um, the legacy that minstrelsy has um, and also just the fact that Again, blackface is not taught properly in schools and even into college. Like there are people in colleges and universities, there are people well into their sixties who probably watched blackface performances, like and I'm talking about the people in their sixties who watched these performances and received it very well. So, um, I think it's very important to talk about this and I think uh Har Moscow gives us a good foundation for this type of discussion. Um, this wraps up our segment on blackface and stay tuned because our next segment is going to be on colorism thank you so much everybody mm -hmm.